heaven high. Highly little heaven. Hmm. Settle down for a lovely warm glass of rum doings. Buttered rum Buttered rum doings. I was about to say the same. Episode 205. Mm. Podcast at rumdoings.com. At rumdoings on Twitter. The topic today. In this age of Uber and iPhones, why can't bin men be replaced with robots? Hmm. So, shall we bomb or not bomb? I don't know. You have to say right bomb or not bomb. You're not allowed to think bomb or not bomb. <laughs> it has to be a binary choice. Your answer, please. Bomb us. Bomb ourselves. No, that's uh, Jeremy Corbyn's official policy, but you can't plagiarise it. I don't know the right answer. Okay, I'll give you my reasons. Um, uh, they're already being bombed. We've already been bombing them in Iraq for a really, really long time, and we don't seem to have made a significant difference through bombing, so I question the efficacy. Well, yes, we have. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Have you spoken to, uh, spoken to any Kurds lately? <laughs> Well, have we been bombing the Kurds? No, we've been bombing such that, and creating no flies and, and such that the um, North Kurdistan is doing quite well at the moment. Well, that's advantageous. I don't understand why we haven't cut off the oil already. However, not doing anything is countless numbers of... Yes, well, it's also cowardice. ...raped and enslaved. Well, that's in Iraq. But it's also... It's cowardice. Well, no, 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 but it's... it's it's all connected. It's all the same. It's all the same. IS. And I know. The same will happen in Syria. The same will be. Actually, happening in Syria. my problem. My problem is this: people say, "Oh, civilians are going to die." Oh, um, uh, yeah, there's going to be a war. Are going to die, yeah. But I say, what do you mean are going to? Yeah, they are exactly. dying right now. While you're sitting down drinking your cappuccino, they're dying now. So your argument can't be civilians are going to die. Your argument has to be that we are going to cause many, many, many more civilians to die than otherwise would, which doesn't seem likely at the moment. And I was on the fence about this because people are usually too unintelligent to plan these things properly. But uh, there was an interesting article that actually listed some very specific strategic targets that need to be taken out that haven't been taken out yet. And I would say the very least we should do is the following. We should uh, take out those targets that are useful to IS and we should also uh, try and enforce a no-fly zone as much as possible. Uh, that's going to be difficult now that we've allowed Putin to come in and help his mates. So, um, we Why should... haven't the US and France <coughs> and so on taken out these targets? There, Because there are very, very, very few sorties compared to what there were in previous uh, conflicts. There was a, very, a really interesting piece on Radio 4, actually, um, where they had a a, a a a beep for every sortie that went out over a particular period of time. So, for example, in a day, if ten had gone, I would go beep 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 beep, 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 beep um, and so on for over frequency. And for 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 World War Two, it was kind of going as a frequency for the Gulf War. It went something like and for dealing with IS, kind of went beep. And it was uh, to, to give you an idea. Now, also what they've done is if there is any threat to any civilian at all, the uh, the order is currently to, to turn back and not to launch. So most of those haven't launched. I think it was something ridiculous like one in 10 have actually launched. Um, wow. 
So it's it's a very different sort of conflict. And of course, when you are it, those are laudable uh, operational met- matrices, but ironically, they are therefore leaving IS's infrastructure largely intact where it shouldn't have been. And that means that many more civilians are going to die. So we have your problem with your, do you pull this lever and let this thing go mm. down a track problem here, yeah. except it's in, in, in real life. So, um, I do, yeah, so I do. I agree. I, I agree with you entirely. The uh, civilians will die argument is absolutely ludicrous. The other, the second one that's completely ludicrous is just they don't bomb Syria. Syria is already being bombed. Yeah. Um, yes. So again, you've got to, the arguments have got to be more sophisticated. They and do. Everyone is just having a binary argument. It's... I I do like the uh, what I find more interesting than the implosion of Syria is the implosion of the Labour Party. I've never seen anything like it in my political existence. I've never seen such political incompetence ever. It is, it's, it's it, extraordinary, and, and we saw the Conservatives in the late nineties as they yeah. were. No, this they is were self-destructing in a much more constructive way. As it yeah, turns out. no, but this is yeah, and, and, and at least what happened with the Conservatives when they fell apart, it was basically they were like this big old bloated uh, animal that would basically crawled under a, cre- a tree and died. Yeah. Whereas this is a very willful kind of implosion. It, it's it's weird to watch and. And and the peculiarity of the U-turns that are happening and then the attacks of people who point this out is also very, yes. well, very I think odd. What, what we're seeing is a, a, the modern phenomenon of the, of the internet... Um, modern phenomenon of the internet is not what I'm trying to say. Of the, the, the gangs. I'm trying to think of a better term. But uh, these, these little groups of self-appointed pol- uh, internet police hmm. um, are now controlling the Labour Party as a membership. Yes. Um, so we're seeing a really extraordinary manifestation of this nasty new disease, such yes. that when you look at those statistics, that yes, the majority of people who voted for Corbyn mm. don't want strikes on Syria. The vast majority of people who voted for Labour do. Yes. And, or or and at I least don't. Uh, uh, to, to put it more, maybe, maybe subtler than that, they, the vast majority of people certainly don't want it to be discounted merely because of some prepackaged, weird, inverted pacifism. Um, in other words, the, uh, Corbyn has been very bad at enunciating why his particular um, policy at this point is tactically and morally appropriate. Um, when he's interviewed, he's given plenty of time to do it. He just comes out with banalities, sort of says, "Well, we don't want we don't want civilians to die," is basically all he says. And then he says, "Well, but and anyway, aren't we worse than 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 them in some ways?" He, I mean, I, certainly, Ken Livingston was doing that. He was yes. Uh, and they, you know, I wonder why people become radical. Why? It's, why does our our society? Why is our society so poisonous that it radicalizes these poor, innocent young men? You think, well, that's really quite peculiar because it's treating these poor, innocent young men who blow themselves and their fellow citizens up as if they have no agency and as if they're just these weird little animals that react uh, to something external. And I think that that's a weird inverted racism. And it's also... um, quite I insulting i think it's just plain racism yeah they're brown therefore they're animalistic yeah and they and they can't help it i mean obviously we we could control ourselves if we found ourselves uh poorer or alienated but these poor folk you know the moment the moment the moment somebody says some, something rude to them they of course they're going to blow themselves in a bus up come on it is it is a disturbing trend 
Yeah. Yesterday, so, yesterday, the thing about the headlines. Oh, the newspaper front pages are all a conspiracy. It's a proof there's a conspiracy against Corbyn mm-hmm. because the headline said Corbyn's uh, allow allowing a free vote likely means bombings will happen. Those were the headlines because that's a statement of fact. And everyone's and like, oh, but yes, yeah, so they're not reporting on Cameron, they're reporting on... Yes, last week when Cameron suggested the strikes, they reported yeah. on Cameron. But also, um, Corbyn himself said initially that he wasn't going to allow a free vote Absolutely. precisely because it would lead to... So, and, so here's, and here's what's fascinating about Corbyn's decision, and indeed the reaction from what I believe we now have to call Corbynistas. Mm. Um, well, it's already called Jezbollah. <laughs> Jezbollah, of course. The Jezbollah. Uh, so the the, uh, the 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 reaction of his allowing a free vote is well he did it therefore it's perfect and therefore hmm. to question it is to uh, Tory to, to be a Tory so yes um, but fascinatingly he cho- when you actually look at the decision if he had not if he had whipped the vote yes the Labour Party would have completely disintegrated he would have lost a majority probably a majority of his shadow cabinet would have quit. He would yes. have desperately struggled to find anyone else who'd be willing to join it. He would mm-hmm. be, uh, f- there would be many, many attempted coups against him, and they've f- apparently found out they can legally oust him and refuse his name from the ballot papers, which mm-hmm. would turn this new core Labour membership against the party itself. And w- the whole thing would be extraordinary devastation of the Labour Party. He yes. chose, so his decision was do we bomb Syria or do I save the Labour Party? Mm-hmm. He chose save the Labour Party. Yes. But oh, sorry, I'm not... that wasn't an all. I mean, and um, yes. he chose to save the Labour Party over the lives of the people he's professed to care so very much. These innocents. Well, yes, which that's, makes that's a really interesting thing for people to have not noticed. Yes, but uh, that's the thing. People seem to forget he is a politician. Yeah, but he's just a very bad politician. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's what surprised me most about this. I always, you know, when he was professing his love for Hamas and Hezbollah uh-huh. and so on. And and um, McDonnell was professing his love for the IRA and suggesting that Labour MPs should have their kneecaps shot if they um, uh, don't toe no, the he line. Jo- but, he joked that, mm. but he very much, very seriously said that he supported the IRA yes. bombings. Yes, and yes. of course, and uh, by 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 ballot and bomb, he said. You know, yep. Yep. so uh, so that in a sense, I'm not prissy about that sort of thing. If you can pull that off whilst being good at politics, then I can still say, okay, you can do your job and you know how to pivot. The fact is they are terrible at politics. Mm. Um, and that came as more as of a, of a surprise because I thought that uh, however much I disagreed with Corbyn's core rotten morality, he would, after all this time, be able to play the game. His utter inability to play the game has been extraordinary. And, and, a lot of people also don't seem to understand what was so wrong about the uh, Little Red Book incident that McDonnell did. Um, it isn't... Look, there were, there were, there were two ways he, they, the, he, he could have played that quite easily. Uh, either he could have not mentioned uh, the, the, the mass murderer's uh, little instruction manual at all. <laughs> yes, that would have worked. Or what he could have done to make it work is he could have said... Um, you know the, uh, the the Chancellor's policies seem to be peculiar, pe- peculiarly aligned with the Communist Party of China's policies. Um, I believe it was uh, Mao who once said dot dot dot. You know, just yes. just as a throwaway. What you don't do when you're being accused of being a far left uh, revolutionary uh, firehead is 
hold up the little your own copy of the little red book in Parliament, ready for all the photos to be taken, and then throw it at the Chancellor. That doesn't work as a photo opportunity. It doesn't create the right sort of memes, even if you were making just a joke. It doesn't work politically. It doesn't work visually. And I just don't understand how they could have been sitting in their... Uh, in their committee rooms deciding what they were going to talk about in the speech and that came out as a jolly kind of uh university common room ruse and nobody vetoed it nobody said hold on do you realize what this is going to look like on the cameras and, and that's weird because you think think what is it 60 65 million people in this country now yep close oh. yep yep yeah, of all that's how many people there are in this country, and you think you could distill out of that <laughs> a handful of politically clever folk who would be advising him. Yeah, look who Corbyn no. picked as his main spin doctor. Hmm. Yes. So <laughs> that's the other thing that I just find hilarious is that no one's kind of. Oh, uh, I don't know. Do you know the thing I find most the most just give the give the biggest giveaway of who Corbyn really is mm. is that since he's become uh the leader mm-hmm. he now has a neatly trimmed beard and a carefully cropped haircut <laughs> and i find that really interesting because he made such a fuss such a fuss about mm. how he looked and how important that was and how he wasn't going to change and and mm. now he's this neatly cropped for television face yeah but the, and so but you they... can see he's just He's a band. Even if even if he had these these kind of this broad principle of being an the ordinary man and not playing the game, he's as you say he's playing it badly. But he is playing the game. Well, and exactly. Still acting like he isn't. Yeah, exactly. But if you're playing the game, then at least have the decency to play it well, or don't play it at all. But the problem is he's playing it not playing at all. Is what I assumed badly. he was going to do, and I thought that was going to be at least interesting to watch. But instead, yeah. he's just a he's just a bad politician being yes. a bad politician he's not a rebel he's not interesting he's not no he's not breaking any mold he's just being no. an incompetent he's just incompetent he's just a bad he's politician he's quite thick actually and that's another yes. thing which uh and our miller band was quite thick in his own way as well but this guy really honestly what what is it with you lot and your ability to produce politicians i tell I, you the yeah. i tell you I, I must i must conclude that jesus absolutely loves the tory party that's the only thing I can conclude about this. I just want to stop before we move on and just congratulate your lot on how well your lot chooses politicians. You do a, a much better job. Yeah, well, you know, didn't Has you Corbyn know that... Has suggested showering to prevent AIDS yet? <laughs> only, only if you rape a baby. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Going on holiday anyway? No. Not even over Crimble Tide? No, staying very much here. Oh, what a pity. You bought Laura some fairy lights. I did. Did she enjoy them? Uh, not, not enough. Oh, no. That's, that's always disappointing when you know that you've bought somebody the right gift and their reaction is, eh, uh, eh, uh, wasn't, uh. it, it wasn't good enough reaction. I wanted jubilance. Insufficient exuberance and ebullience. I think you, mm-hmm. you basically must, must make sure you never buy her any gift again. Never again. It's not, not going to make that mistake twice. Judith was very disappointed you didn't buy her any gifts. <laughs> good. <laughs> Uh, for, the, for the listener, what was happening mm. is Nick and uh, Victoria and I, with Judith, were walking around uh, Christmas South markets in, in the South Bank, and uh, Nick was putting things in Judith's hands and telling her to come up to me and ask me to buy them for her. I said, Uncle John, will you buy me this present? And he said, no, I hate you. I, I said, nope. 
She was most disappointed good. by that. She's very sure. good at reading. She is good at reading. And what's what's weird about it is it it wasn't that kind of gradual improvement. There was very re-reading and then about a week later she was just reading fluently it's it's more like it's like a quantum leap there's a switch that goes off and suddenly you realize the trick of mm. of, of language and it's really fascinating to watch how the, the the plastic brain suddenly gets it and then everything flows um and the, the good thing is she enjoys reading apparently there are people in her class who don't enjoy reading and that's very sad, but I think it's also to do, obviously to do with the environment. We have lots of books just lying around and on bookshelves and that kind of thing. She can just pull off and uh, use as treats. And I've seen some of her, her friends' homes. They literally have no books except the books you take from school. Right. You know, the, and let's be honest, what's a school reading book going to be like? Yes, it's not going to be inspiring. Although, to be fair, to be fair, they've improved. They're not this kind of Janet and John boring sort of things. There's some fun tales and magical goings on and so on so they are better than i remember oh, that's um, good. as uh, we're all about pirates incessant books about pirates well little boys love pirates well i didn't mind i didn't never really cared either way about pirates <laughs> but, <laughs> but they were just we just read pirate book after pirate we just remember nothing but pirates my sister who was two years younger than me she read them all um mm. before i before she started school because i was bringing them home at, mm-hmm. four, at four or five <clears> she was reading them at three and then when she got to school, she'd read them all and the teachers didn't believe her. <laughs> Talking about little boys, uh, how was your grrr, being a man conference? Grrr. It was, it was, a, it's an odd, it was an odd thing. I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really look up what it was. I agreed to do it because I thought the talk sounded, the, the session sounded mm. interesting, which was mm. just looking at the representation of men in uh, comics, TV, movies and video games. And I went to represent video games and I went with the intention of saying, it's fine. You know, there's really nothing to complain about. Well, I mean, men are represented with unrealistic bodies and so forth, but I don't care about that for men or women. Decreasingly often, decreasingly often. Um, I just, really? I've just been spending the week playing Just Cause 3 where you play Rico Rodriguez, uh, who's just Racist. a very ordinary looking chap and he's very funny and regular Joe and then you think about the Half-Life you're playing this scientist Weedy Gordon Freeman and mm. the, the, the notion of the, the, the parody of the huge muscled uh, mm. idealistic body is, is increasingly often not the case in video games uh, mm. men are actually represented extremely interestingly um, mm. and really have no, no, no bones of contention there I think so I just went along to say stop making a fuss which I thought would be a more interesting thing than uh, than that. Oh, right. Pretending that there's some great problem. And and were they upset with you for that? No, the rest of the panel were very much in a similar position. They were they were they were. It was interesting how everyone was very much at the position of saying, "Well, this is where things are at, and actually, it's not that bad." The audience contained the the concerning attitude that I was I was worried might be part of the panel. Um, mm. There was one guy who was saying. Um, how it was just... Oh, he said, um, in, in films, in films and video games, it's always men. Men are always the ones who suffer. They're always the targets. Men are always... Uh, and if, if you, show a man, you show a man being cruelly tortured, no one bats an eye, no one complains. But if you, you could never show a woman being treated that way. Well, that is, that is to, uh, true to a degree. I no, mean, it's if you not look even vaguely no, true, because the person no, on the panel pointed out horror movies. How yeah, horror movies are very different. No. women being tortured in yeah, but that's, ways for decades. Yeah, but horror... Horror movies are different. 
Um, they're not. They're it, movies. Uh, they exist. They are. And they I'll, get away I'll, with it. No, 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 no. I'll give you an example. Uh, have you seen Casino Royale? I have not. I haven't seen any James Bond films ever. Um, in Casino Royale, he is tortured. They and talked a basically, lot about Bond being tortured. Uh, yeah, and and he's and he's uh, hit with a baseball bat. Oh, what's that? A little train's come. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, a little baseball bat uh, is used one. to smash him. To smash him in 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 his uh, in his. I'm going to use the your favourite uh, euphemism in his crown jewels. Oh dear! Do you like that? Do you like that? Oh, Just for yeah. testicles, crown jewels, That's and clever. and it's very brutal and so forth. And yes. I do agree with them that the equivalent baseball bat scene would never ever be allowed to happen on a lady's foo foo ever. Apart from all the many films which have been no. like, brutally torturing women. No, no, no. You, oh. you show... No, no, sorry. You, I'm being very specific here. You show me a film uh-huh. that is on standard uh, release. I'm not talking about torture porn or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Where somebody holds a baseball bat and, in view of the camera, smashes it into a woman's vagina repeatedly. I'll do my best. If not, you'll be greenlighting that film tomorrow. Indeed. But there was a little bit too much of that going on in the audience. Of, oh, oh, but men have it so hard. Yeah, on. no, but you see, I, I, don't, I, you see, I don't care either way. At least I, I'm consistent in that regard. I don't care either way. Um, anybody can be tortured or raped on film. I don't mind. It's called, it's called fantasy. It's called fiction. Um, stop whinging. Um, but I do think there are very specific and sometimes contradictory codes. I agree that in the horror genre, women are allowed to be tortured in very specific sorts of ways. And I think men are tortured in different ways. Uh, but I'm talking about in the general uh, action film genre. No, women are not at the moment allowed to be injured or tortured in that, in, that, in that way at all. I agree. And there are very complex reasons for it. We have a strange... Um, melee of attitudes about women at the moment from full egalitarianism to there they are still delicate maidens to be protected and given their safe spaces and also but also let's think about this way there's the men and ladies and children first attitude as well that Mm. still persists and to a degree that is defendable because women are generally less physically strong than men. So if you don't say ladies and women first, then chances are they'll be trampled in an evacuation, if you see what I mean. So there is actually a physiological justification for that. But then that overspills to a whole kind of fragile porcelain mentality. I think everything Um, you're saying is true, but the problem is the guy in the audience point wasn't, um, and therefore we should have neither. It was... Um, or you know, we should have equality. It was our men are being horribly mistreated by the movie industry, which is a ridiculous, a ridiculous well, position to take. His, he he would he would have been better to actually. There is something uh, slightly more defendable as a point, and that is, I think, and this is more probably to do with in television and or certainly in advertising. The men are always stupid and incompetent. Uh-huh. You're kind of never allowed a stupid or incompetent. Or, woman anymore uh, and this is usually on on television advertising yes. look at hubby completely messing up x y and z uh-huh. which um is there's perhaps something more in that uh and well, yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how damaging i think it's it's only damaging in the sense that it, it it kind of allows men to play up to that image a bit i can see that and i also find, i think it's only really real way it's damaging is that it's boring it is quite dull to see it again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I would love to see uh, an advert where actually the woman is just 
completely incompetent as well. That would be kind of refreshing to see because, you know, however much we love the ladies, they're not all superwomen. I wouldn't mind seeing an advert in which there was a capable father. There were. Quite nice to see. Well, yes, that's what I mean. Yes, all fathers are basically incompetent and this close to killing their children without uh, mum going... Spaghetti in the washing machine, oh. Yes. So here's and another was, thing. I was on the yes. tube train back from uh, uh, from the South Bank toward Paddington. Ooh, how cosmopolitan of you. And there was a um, a gentleman... Whose skin was quite dark. Well, it happens it was, but not the point. Uh, on crutches. Yes. I think he was... He looked... Uh, I think Italian would be my guess. But anyway, he was on crutches. Racist. Uh-huh. Um, and sat down. A lady uh-huh. around the same age, sort of 30s... Mm-hmm. Was stood came and stood on the train and stood next to him, mm-hmm. and then he offered her his seat because she was a lady, and therefore infirm. Yeah, and she accepted it. <sighs> She's the worst person in the world. I thought there's a there's a funny muddle. She's the worst person in the world. And the odd thing was when she when she had sat down and he stood up on his crutches. Only then. Did she ask him that he was getting off at the next station? And he said he was. But she wasn't until she sat down that she she, uh, she confirmed that there was actually some rationale to his choice. I think, I th- I think she's the reincar- lady reincarnation of Hitler. <laughs> That's terrible. What was he thinking? What was he thinking? Oh, she's not going to make it. <laughs> she's not going to make it to the next stop. I'd better <laughs> lean on my crutches. Yes, chival- chivalry gone mad. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. That was strange. And I was sat down on the seat on the other side of the train throughout all this, thinking, am I supposed to be offering my seat? Because I was on any lady. I was on, I was, you know, one end of the Bakerloo line to the other. Here's the question. Um, Do you have to offer your seat to anyone presenting or identifying as a woman or only somebody who was born biologically as a woman? For example, if a transsexual came on who identified as a woman but still had uh, male genitalia would you the musculature (laughs) exactly and male genitalia would you still be obliged under his code to offer her a seat I don't know what I would offer my seat it's very complicated I would offer my seat if someone were elderly or struggling to stand obviously Mm. at that point I would immediately offer my seat what if they were preggers well yeah struggling to stand that comes under Mm. but what if they were just fat they're and just you fat, thought they were preggers. Then I'm just fat, so it's all fair. Yes, I got it all fair. Stuffy, fatty. I'd hand them a card, observing their weight to them. What is that all about? Uh, that, that, Strange this, business. It has the feel of some sort of weird PR stunt. Yes. I mean, the woman who was given to when they looked it up, she she works in a PR agency. Oh, really? Yeah. A, a store nearby suddenly did a promotion saying, if anybody's got this, we'll give you... I mean, a, 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 a bit, there's, there's something fishy going on with this little card. But I don't know why people are complaining. I mean, it, it's basically um, American government policy. We're talking about, we should explain. It's government policy that uh, if you're fat, it's because you're slothful or greedy. So I don't know why... Uh, why that's considered so it's considered bad to give somebody a stood on the london underground hunting, hunting standing up. one man no one man came in with professionally printed cards right handed it to one lady and it said and shouted you're fat and the card said something like well, i can't remember what it said but something like something you're about very, how they're a drain on the nhs for being you're fat a fat and you're a drain on the nhs and then left the train and then she compl- she was upset 
she did a cry. Although I thought someone else said that they... Re- oh, I thought I heard someone else saying they received one and they weren't that fast, but I might be conflating that with another story. It may be, yes. It's all a bit odd. It was a very it? strange thing to do. I think I might just go in the London Underground and hand out cards informing people that they're tall. Yeah, but you're also going to uh, hand out people, hand out cards of photographs of them from behind to say, look, you're a bit of a mess. Remember, that was your business plan. I don't know how I monetize my business plan. But the idea is, yes, as you're walking down the street and you see someone whose skirt is caught up in their underpants or something like that, you just take a photo and you don't say anything. You just show them the screen and then politely Mm. make on with with your day. And they Mm. they don't have to face the embarrassment of seeing your face and they can just quietly pull their their skirt out of their pants and we can all just get on. And I think the the extreme of it was if someone just looked ridiculous and you think, you haven't seen that outfit from behind. Again, you can just sort of politely step in, show the screen and and, and make off. (laughs) As you said, monetization will be an issue. (laughs) It's the only only (laughs) problem. I, I, Maybe I'll get a I, lot of venture capital for launching the initiative. I read your piece where you were bemoaning, but not bemoaning, you seem to be relieved that uh, progress in technology has stalled. I'd, it's a very confusing position you've just taken on what I wrote. What I wrote was, I miss it. I miss the technology, the race to constantly have to improve your PC at enormous cost. You shouldn't just miss it. You should be alarmed that effectively this is this betokens that our rapid technological expansion, which is the only thing to save us from Ragnarok and get us into the uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and get us into the singularity, has basically stalled and is rolling backwards now. Well, the, what's what I didn't go into in the piece because I was wanted to stick just to talking about uh, PCs versus consoles. Um, in terms of so the argument is that because of consoles PCs don't need to upgrade as quickly to keep up with gaming so it used to be that Unreal would come out or Crisis would come out or whatever it might be and your PC couldn't handle it you'd buy the new graphics card upgrade the RAM maybe buy a whole <coughs> new machine in order to play it and this would happen every two years and then with the eight year console cycles being comparable at launch with the PC it's not in the interest of major publishers to make games that don't work on consoles six years into their lives and so therefore your pc uh, doesn't need to be as rapidly improved um it has it in fact only has to match up to six-year-old tech but there won't be a next generation console now so what's going to happen well of course there will but there will it will uh, no, be the won't. last generation Is there, didn't you say that last time no, wait, i did not everyone else did and i said they were wrong i'm consistently right about this okay so what's the so the last generation and then what will happen um it'll all be streamed i imagine onto what just you'll just you'll stream it from a central source. A bandwidth's not good enough or reliable yeah, well, that's enough. That's why in eight years' time we're talking about. Right, you think BT are going to pull their finger out in eight years' time? And you're all going to have fiber coming out your ear. Yes. <laughs> you have more faith than I do in British Telecommunications PLC. <laughs> um, but yes, the the the, the reason it's hap- the, the direction it's been funneled in because people want to improve technology, and so that effort has been focused on uh, tablets and phones. No, but Moore's law has stalled. Um, that's why, for I example, thought it hadn't. I thought I heard someone recently has. saying that it hadn't stalled. It has, but we're kind of pretending it hasn't, and uh, we do things like we. It's cheating because the way you get more um, transistors on a chip now is that you uh, have double story, triple story chips, and you have multiple cores. Um, whereas uh, it's so that the, the, the clock speed's not going up. Um, you're just having more and more cores. And the problem is there are, it's very, very difficult to parallelize tasks. 
uh, uh, you know, you, whereas it used to be that if your program ran in X minutes and the CPU became twice as fast, it would be it would run in X divided by two minutes. Now they're saying, well, the CPU still runs at the same speed, but you've got a lot of other cores that while you're running this thing, you can run something else as well. But the problem is if that something that's running has something that the other thing then needs to depend on, it doesn't matter because you've still yeah. got concurrency locks and dependencies and all sorts of things. It becomes hideously complicated. Um, and people are trying to deal with it and there are new ways of doing concurrent programming but it's not an easy task and you don't get as many wins as you would just by doubling the clock speed um I, I, it is amazing to th- i've been reading back on um oh, some old uh computer taken the 8-bit move to the 16-bit world and how you got these amazing leaps from you know, two colors on the screen at once to four to eight then you got 32 and then you got the amiga that could do 4096 in hand mode you would get something that had didn't have hardware sprites then did have hardware sprites you'd have something that had beeps then had two or three sound channels and you had the sid chip which could do synthesis then you had the amiga which would have four channels of sampled sound blah 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 now all that's finished i mean we, we've reached where we can with that once you've got 16 million colors or more you don't need any more well, you have them on screen at once the windows goes up to 32 million but you can't yeah. see more than 14 million or something yeah like that. yeah so so that that's it for that um i'll tell you what's the, the surely this has got to be the um the next frontier somebody needs to do something about battery life i mean really Oh, but they, there's the constant talk of these new... I thought they're only um, industrial yeah. grade at the moment, but... Yeah, there is constant, but there's been constant talk yeah. for 10 years, and it's always... In five years' time, they've been saying for 15 years. What has improved for me in terms of batteries with the Nexus 6 comes with a special plug. Mm-hmm. So when you, pl- when you charge through that plug on your USB cable, it will give you 25% in about five minutes, and it in about 10 minutes, and it works. It's oh, really yeah. impressive. You get a super boost of charge right at the start. So well, I guess that's what you have to do then, yes. And that, and yeah, that works uh, nicely. But yes, we people... desperately need better battery life because that's holding everything back at this point. It is. And it's holding things back, not just in a trivial way, but it, it, it's holding back the imagination of how we can use these things. Yes, if, if we had a device that lived for a month without having to be charged, that would be a very different proposition to a device that needs to be charged every day. Ah, you're thinking of a Kindle, Nick. Yeah, but imagine if every yeah, no, device ha- had had Kindle life. Uh, I, th- I think we just need to build fusion reactors into every device. Okay, no problem. No, it's just as long as it's strong enough, it should be fine. What's this I hear about not Wi-Fi, but going through light sockets? What's that all about? Wasn't that something that was talked about 20 years ago? It was something that was on the news a couple of days ago, but I didn't read it really? properly. Talking about using LED sockets, and apparently they've set up some house somewhere, and it's working really well, 20 times faster than Wi-Fi or something. Really? Well, good for them. I can only imagine that there's some sort of consumer electronics show happening somewhere in the world, because the BBC just yes. <laughs> suddenly has a rash of, of Wi-Fi stories. Yesterday it was that Wi-Fi is, fairy lights interfere with Wi-Fi signals. <laughs> I think you were going to say fairies. Fairies would be way better. They <laughs> yeah, they're monitors and, and fairy lights, apparently. Yeah, well... Ruining our Wi-Fi. Bloody Wi-Fi ruiners. Bloody babies. Don't... See, it's babies ruining everything. I can't <sighs> believe baby you didn't mention the, the list of your comedy heroes that you saw at the Being a Man festival. 
Yeah, that's what I, I knew. What's look? It's on the south bank of London, um, and it was in response to the Ladies Are Lovely festival. I think it's a it's a parallel festival with the whip being yeah. the woman. Bat, there's there's bam and bat and wow or something. Like yeah, that. it was clear that being a woman was the primary festival. And everybody, and then somebody said, actually, shouldn't we have a man one as well? I said, oh, go on then, because it was so cringy. Um, that that copy about the Aston Martin was oh, let's all be ashamed about what the Aston Martin represents, and isn't it terrible how men love cars? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, and then, if, as if I didn't have the flavour of the self-hated cringiness of the festival, we saw who's there. Oh, it's Jeremy Hardy being a man and uh, Jeremy Mark Hardy Steele. on stage with Mark Steele and Ricky Grover. Yeah, Ricky Grover, gosh. that's uh, um, Although, to be fair to Ricky Grover, he's very good in getting on. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I, I, I'll allow him that. I was in the lift with David Bedeal. Was he scruffy? I don't, I didn't really look. You know, you don't, don't really look, stare at people in lifts, do you? No, you just, he was he was talking to a lady about a thing. Oh, what was he saying? He was talking about self harm. Can't really reveal. Actually, he was talking in public, literally. Though, yeah. so I mean, you know, what I did think he, he was carrying on a conversation that had taken place on the uh, the session he'd just done. Uh you should have said hello and introduced yourself to I him. I don't think I should. I don't think he'd really want to know who I was. You say, "Hi, David. I'm John," as you'll probably already know. <laughs> That's what I should have done. Hmm. I should have said, oh, Dave, glad you could make it. <laughs> Dave, glad you could make it to my conference. Yes. Hmm. And refused did, to shake his hand. Do they give you any refreshments? Um, no, I didn't even get a bottle of water offered to me. Did you get a green room? I didn't. Did you get paid? Yes. Did you get paid to attend or just your expenses? So it's uh, they have some silly to- on honorarium or something. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, 75 quid for going along. and co- So the, the train was 56 quid, so then the rest was to pay for food or something, they said. Oh, okay, so it was an expenses payment. I but think. I used the rest to pay to upgrade to first class on the way home. I paid the £15. Good. To go in the first Good. class on the way back, because it's so lovely. Actually, yeah, the... Your, the uh, Great Western Railway, as they call it, first class now, is quite nice. It's got it's it, it has it has leather and all sorts of things. It's the whole, so funny. The whole, this... whole train carriage smells of leather opulence. The new stock they've built the regular carriage trains to look identical to how they were before, with not a single improvement in any way. <laughs> no, and the first plebs. class are glorious with USB yes. chargers and wonderful, beautiful, comfy yeah. chair thrones. Yeah. But still, because you so on the on the weekend you can pay ten fifteen pounds to upgrade yeah. to first class, which is you know it's 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 silly. But if it's a busy, it's silly, busy... but you will die, and also you will die one day. Exactly. So why not? And if it's mm. a busy busy train, oh my goodness, it's worth doing, especially, especially when and it, your yeah, if you're conscious. on your own. Yes, if you're on your own, then you have you you have your um, social anxiety seats where you can sit all on your own. That's not quite. I don't have that sort of social anxiety, but if someone did, then. It would be ideal. And also, yeah, the whole thing about getting a double seat. No need to worry about that. You get four seats to yourself in first class. Mm. And carriage to yourself most often. But um, <laughs> these still... So when you pay, you pay the £15. And I think that, that's a little treat. When your travel's comped, you may as well pay 15 quid out your yeah, of course. for the journey. Um, mm. So, and then you get given your new first class ticket. And that allows you to go to the buffet and receive yes. some free goodies. Yes. Except when you get there. It's always like, no, you can't have anything on display. You can have instant coffee and these weird tiny shortbread biscuits we hide under the table. 
Yes. It's a really British thing to do. Rather it than is. you have an Americano. Because if you'd paid for first class, you would have paid like £150 to go on this hour and a half train journey. And even then, yes. it would still give you instant coffee. Well, instant coffee's delicious. Oh, Britain. And it saves, it saves the rest of the coffee for the war effort. That's right. They also, mm. if, you, if you go to the, the, the buffet cart and you've got your first class ticket, they'll also draw a mascara line up the back of your leg to make it look like you're wearing stockings. <laughs> That's very good and yeah. sophisticated. Yes. Mm. Yeah, lovely. Is Toby doing any new tricks or is he just the same thing? He's doing the coughing trick at the moment. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, but he's very, he's very, he's very chatty. It's not saying any attempting, even interested in attempting words. Oh, he has got a new trick. He just gives cuddles. He says, can I have a cuddle? And he gives you a cuddle now. Really? That's a lovely So if I ask him for a cuddle, he'd give me a cuddle? Well, maybe not you, but uh, most people. Oh. He'll sort of lean his head in and kind of give you a little cuddle. It's just, he gives, he's given kisses on demand for the last few weeks. You see, Toby, mm. could daddy have a kiss? And he'll turn around and smack a big wet one right in your face. <laughs> But he'll Not do it peculiar. to anything. So you'll say, Toby, can the picture of Noel Edmonds have a kiss? And he'll do it. <laughs> oh, I bet you the picture of Noel Edmonds loves that. The, there's a, a cheap and cheerful um, public establishment near our house mm-hmm. um, where we go for food quite often. It's called a magistrate's court. <laughs> it's, it's right. Mm-hmm. They do a delicious sandwich. Yes. Um, they're very, it's very Toby friendly and the staff are lovely and it's cheap and cheerful food. Um, and they have four fruit machines in the pub mm-hmm. which toby loves to look at and press the buttons on yeah three out of the four are currently based on deal or no deal wow, with noel edmund's face staring out of them from multiple places <laughs> there's only one fruit machine i can bear to take toby near now <laughs> just in case he were to look directly into noel edmund's eyes and then look, noel edmund's has noel edmund's been mentioned on um YouTube no, he hasn't. Has he hasn't come up? Not really. That's strange. Why is that? It's, it's, it's a Radio One DJ of the seventies, etc. With a beard. Hmm. Yeah. Oh dear! It sounds like everything's gone wrong downstairs. I can hear phones ringing, door slamming, and baby screaming. Shall we say goodbye then? Is it time? Well, it's forty-three minutes, which is our traditional length. I can't see. I'm sat on my comfy armchair. I can't see the screen. Sitting. Shall we say goodbye I need to, to the you, listener? No, no. Before we go, you need to no? explain that. I need to learn this. It's like teaching me this properly. Hmm? Teach me this grammar correctly, please. The word is sitting. You can use sat if you want, but you use it too often, and it's a colloquial. It's not really the... Uh, why is it incorrect, though? I need to understand the rule before my brain will adjust. Well, why is it... I mean, you, the, 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 the simple part of strong past tense of e, eat is eight, but you, don't, you say I am eating. You don't say I am eight. So it's the same thing. It's just, okay. you know... You, you are the one who has to tell me why suddenly, unlike any other person, suddenly sat is allowable. Fair enough. That's all I'm asking. I'm just asking for an explanation. Yeah. That's all. And, and the reason is it's because it's colloquial. And I don't mind colloquialism, and I'm not being a, um, a, a pedantic about this, but the reason I don't like it is, in my ear, it's, it's, it's getting close to a kind of British tweeism. Right. It's a bit, it's a bit placky. It's a bit crimbo. Oh, I'm sat on. I'm sat on my. I'm sat on my comfy settee. Do you see? Uh, so I'm just worried. Look, no, if you can get away with that once or twice, but if it starts becoming repetitive, the placky bar begins to flap mm. in the ZX Specky Mackey D's wing. No, Specky is the exception. That's well we know. Yes. You allowed? Specky? Are you allowed? Are you allowed Miggy for a me? No. <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed Shitty for ST? Who? Shitty. 
Yeah, for the Tari ST. So ST, STs were the shitties. <laughs> for ST. They should have just been st. Yes. They should have been. Or Tory, indeed. Sure, <laughs> for Atari. Tory. And played on Tory. Get the, you're getting the Mig, you're getting the Miggy out of the Tory. See, once again, <laughs> proves that the Amiga was better than the Atari. Right In there. every respect. In every respect. What about Nick? Nick, actually, what about for music mixing? Actually, actually. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>